This episode of Does Not Compute is brought to you by Twist. Twist cuts through the stress and disorganization of other group chat apps, helping keep team communication organized and transparent. Twist is made by the folks behind the wildly popular Todoist app. It's a new approach to team communication designed to help keep conversations organized and on topic. Twist is focused on helping you avoid distractions and keep track of what really matters. Because Twist organizes conversations by topic, it makes it simple to refer back to any topic along with its original context, even years later. Twist does away with stressful read receipts, unread counts, and online indicators to promote asynchronous, mindful communication instead of immediate knee-jerk responses. It's great for fully distributed teams as well. Doist, the team behind Twist, is fully remote, with 62 people spread throughout 27 countries. Take a look at twistapp.com to learn more about what makes Twist different and how it can help your team communicate effectively. Thanks to Doist and Twist for supporting Does Not Compute. Make sure to check out twistapp.com today. I'm tethered to my phone now, so maybe this Airbnb Wi-Fi won't drop off on me again. Yeah, um, I've been kind of amazed at how well tethering has worked for me. We've been on the road for almost three months now, like almost exactly three months, and I've done all of my work off of cellular and all the podcast and all of video uploading and all sorts of stuff, everything over cellular. And it has been remarkably, remarkably good. Like I would say just about as reliable as the Comcast internet I had in San Francisco before we moved. Sure. I, well, I remember you had lots of problems with that too. It was, there was always something happening with your, your Comcast. Oh yeah. It was a nightmare. Yeah, it it happens to me too on my my Spectrum trademark registered trademark Spectrum internet back in Vermont where things will just stop working. It'll go out and I'll call them and, and they'll always say, "Oh, we need to send a technician out." And I'll say, "No, you don't. Just reboot my stuff." And it's just it's always something. Or it, also in Vermont, uh, it seems to be a confusingly large amount uh, number of times when the internet has gone out, it's related to someone crashing into a pole or someone has cut a line somewhere. <laughs> Oof. So, yeah, I don't know what people are doing up there, uh, but they're breaking the internet a lot. But no, my phone seems to be stable. I'm getting three bars on Discord now, and things seem fine. So, I don't know what the deal is with the internet at this Airbnb here. So, I know for a fact the router is in someone else's unit, so I can't just go up in there and fix it, or check it out at least, or just go buy another router and replace it, <laughs> uh, because I'm half tempted to do that sometimes. But it'll be fine, and then it'll just be nothing. And then it'll be fine for a few minutes and then it'll be nothing again. So, Sure. Well, that's a, that's a nice way to spend a few months as somebody who works full-time using the internet. I just don't work from home. The only reason I'm still here, well, number one, to record the show, but number two is because I had an Amazon delivery uh, maybe a half an hour ago, which I want to talk about. But usually I just get the heck out of here. Like in the mornings, I'll go somewhere. I'll go to Starbucks or Pete. I found a Pete up on a hill, a Pete's coffee up on a hill that has like 100 down sometimes. It's usually between like 50 and 100 down, which is what I get at home. So that feels nice. And uh, it's not super it's windy. So the other thing I have to deal with uh, when I'm roaming around is my wrists get cold and it makes it hard for me to type. So I have to bundle up, which is funny because... I think maybe last episode I was talking about that hot cold feeling. It's like that's what I like about California is that you can be hot in the sun and cold in the shade. Uh, I'll like be sweating walking somewhere, and then once I post up, I'll be freezing. Oh yeah, I mean, I I tell you, I would. We're in Ohio right now, and I would happily trade you some of that 
some of that cold for some of this heat. So I was sitting, I was sitting on the beach yesterday on a picnic table, and I worked for probably two hours at the beach. I got a lot done. My man, my hands were cold. It was hard to type at the end. I had to shake my wrist out. <laughs> and you would not believe how many people were just looking at me, trying to figure out what I was doing. Was I a creep? What was I doing there with this laptop? Uh, you just look at me and walk by uh, and stare. No one asked me what I was doing, though. So maybe they figured it out. But So you're, you're really giving that battery uh, quite a workout, it sounds like. You're spending pretty much your entire work day out and about on the town. Oh, every single day. I use it every single day. And I charge it up. Um I charge it. I run it all the way down every day, and I charge it up at night. Uh, so it was. It's maybe the most clutch purchase that I've made uh, in the past six months. I would say. I'll put another. I think it's linked in the last week's show notes, but I'll put another link to it. But it's perfect. I mean, it has enough charge to put my laptop. I usually plug it in around twenty percent, and then it'll charge my laptop all the way back up, and it'll charge my phone as well. Man, that's nice. Yeah, the, those batteries are are wonderful. I ran. Um, I ran off of one of our external batteries all day yesterday and just kind of had, had a solar panel sitting out in the sun and it, the battery actually charged and kept my laptop and my phone topped off all day, which was really, really cool. That's what I'm looking forward to. So when I leave here, uh, cause this Airbnb is also cold. I'm, I'm like sitting on the couch in a ball right now cause I'm cold and which is funny cause when I was younger, I never got cold. Never, ever got cold. Anyway, uh, that's what I'm looking forward to because I'm going to venture probably back down to the beach where it's really sunny right now. And uh, that that was what I got earlier in the package that came from Amazon uh, from a very Australian-looking gentleman. It was, a, it was a box with solar panels in it. Yes. So you, we've been talking about this for a while, and you've been saying you want to do more stuff off solar. And this is – the panel you got is – it's a uh, – the same is same brand as the battery, right? It's in, they're both Anchor, yeah. Yeah, both Anchor. Where did I put them? Is it? I'd have to move my whole recording rig to go find it. It's uh, yeah, I can see it. It's Anchor uh, Solar something. I can't remember the exact name of it. I'll, it's like the power power port or something like that. Yeah, power port. That's what it is. Power port. Yeah. So I'll put the I'll put the show notes there. So what's really awesome is that. Um, it has what it's like a trifold and so it has three three panels and then the fourth panel is is like a little pouch so you can put your cords and stuff in it and the pouch has uh, two USB uh, plugs in there and so I tested it out very briefly earlier because I was sitting outside at this picnic table working outside the Airbnb and um, it has a little again I can't remember the the their brand of it so basically most of these little mobile solar rigs have some sort of controller where it it manages the output so it'll kind of figure out what you're plugging into it and manage the output based off of what you've got plugged in and so it has a little box in it that does that with two usb plugs and i plug my phone in and my watch in and they were just happily charging which it felt like the future which is weird because like solar's been around for a long time <laughs> but still i was like i'm using i'm pulling energy from the sun right now which is 100% clean, 100% renewable. I'm charging my things. It just, I don't know, it felt good. Yep, yep. It's it's fantastic, man. And so that's a that's a 21-watt maximum output panel that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, so that should, I mean, it won't be like, it won't be enough to keep your battery fully topped off while it's running your laptop. But, I mean, it should significantly extend the amount of time you can go without having to recharge the battery itself. 
Right. Which, yeah. So, so I think that's something that you clarified for me at one point, because a lot of people will say, or if you Google, most of the popular results are, how do I, how do I power my laptop from a solar panel? And to clarify it, you're not powering a laptop, you're charging a battery and the laptop is using a battery. Uh, so that was, I think that was like, I don't know why it was a misconception that I had. I was just like, when I was Googling, I was Googling for the wrong thing. Because when you, when you Google that, it leads to these very expensive, like strange kind of vaporware things that you find across the internet. Um, but really, yeah, that was my, that was my goal. Right. It, it's kind of a, it's a very common misconception I've noticed the more I've gotten into solar stuff is that people, people always talk about solar and powering things from solar, but really that's almost never what you want to do. It's very rare that you want to directly power something with solar. Right. It, you almost always want to charge a battery bank with solar and whether, whether that's a little USB battery that you, that you plug in and then you plug your laptop into that battery or whether that's like in, in my van, the setup we have, we have a large, a much larger battery bank that they look like car batteries. Um, and it just feeds into those, and then the power from those goes out to the various power ports around the van and to our inverters and all that kind of stuff. But people always think about it as though it's the solar directly powering stuff, which is which is just very very rarely the case. It, you you have to think about it in terms of what what you're charging, and then and then actually running stuff off the batteries that you charge. And hopefully this panel this panel should give you the ability to to take your your little battery that has the USB C PD that you can run your laptop off of mm. and actually actually keep it kind of juiced up during the day. So the battery lasts, I mean, quite a long time. So it's not like I needed to be charging the battery, like it wasn't lasting enough. It lasts more than I actually need it for. But this makes me feel almost extra secure in that if I, if I have my laptop plugged into it, I haven't tested it yet, but I would assume that if I just plug... So I have USB-C out of the battery, like you mentioned, into my MacBook Pro. Uh, I assume that I could just plug another USB cord into the ba- the battery itself because it has two other USB ports, and that would feed electricity into the battery. I don't I don't know. I haven't tested it yet. I haven't like read any manuals because I don't know if like the USB C is the only one only port used for charging or whatever. I I don't assume that would be the case, but it would be cool to have my battery. So it all runs out of my backpack because uh the the USB C MacBook Pro chargers have a really long USB cable. And so I just unplugged that from the brick, uh, the charging brick, and I plugged it into my battery. So nothing ever comes out of my backpack. So theoretically, I could have two cables running into my backpack, one uh, coming from a solar panel, one going to my laptop. Ooh, that would be nice. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, that that battery does only charge via the USB-C port, but I I may be wrong on that. Yeah, you'll you'll just have have to look at that, I suppose. I had a feeling that's probably what that the case, but I'll, like that's still fine because even if I have to charge charge my laptop up in the morning or whatever, or so like the long term goal is to have my dev my dev uh, work be re, like powered from renewable energy sources. So if that means that if I stop plugging my laptop into the wall, then that means I would probably be charging my laptop with the battery first thing in the morning, which means that by the time the sun is actually high enough to give pretty decent yield, um, then I would be in the position where I would want to start charging the battery with the sun. So it should work out schedule-wise. Sure. <laughs> Man, that's so cool. It, it's it, Like you said earlier, all the solar stuff is not 
it's not like new technology. Solar has obviously existed for some time, but it, we're now getting to a point where in the last couple of years, it's become so much cheaper and more widely available to consumers. And in in these nice form factors where you can really easily fold this thing up and throw it in a backpack and it's it's not even it's not even really noticeable. Right. It's, it's very compact and very lightweight. Yeah, I mean I could have all this stuff in my backpack and you wouldn't even know. I could have my entire podcast recording rig, my laptop, uh my battery, my solar panels, everything in my backpack and you'd never know that I wasn't carrying around like I don't know, some magazines in there or something. Uh that's I don't know, that's what's really cool to me. It's so portable, you know? It, it it makes me feel um, free in a sense. I can kind of go wherever. I'm not tethered, not, not tied down to which coffee shops have a power plug that people don't bogart, you know, uh, and that feels nice. So we, I mean, we talk about uh, developer ergonomics a lot and, you know, taking care of yourself in terms of stretching, in terms of eating healthy, in terms of exercising, but also a big part of it. Like I felt amazing. Like yesterday I, I got tons of vitamin D from the sun. I felt great. And I got a lot of work done. So I didn't feel guilty. And I feel like, I feel like a lot of times there's like this trade-off to where I have to be working or I have to be enjoying myself. It's not really like doing the both at the same time. Right. It feels like there's this weird separation there. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's actually how it is, but sometimes for me, that's what it feels like. So it was pretty freeing to, kind of be sick of Starbucks and the noise and the, the constant traffic. So I just went outside near nature. I was, you know, I was thinking about how to implement something and I was watching birds jump around and fly around. I was like, this is, this is really cool. It's very calming. Yeah, definitely. And I, I feel like that's a big thing over the last few years where for, for a long time when computers became something that was a job or that somebody would sit at a computer all day, uh, that, sort of necessarily happened in an office and now we're really getting to the point where instead of tying somebody down this technology can you you can have a job where you sit at a computer all day but the technology actually enables you to do that from from pretty much anywhere you want and and really the biggest obstacles now aren't the technology but the people and and the companies and company policies that that wouldn't allow that or or that would make it more difficult to do um, but the technology itself is actually at a point now where it is it is very very freeing in that sense that you can that you can work from anywhere and be completely off grid. Um, I mean, I've worked I've worked from all sorts of ridiculous places now just off solar and cellular, and that's that's uh, it's it's really it's really nice to be able to still do this this tech thing, but do it in a way where you're not stuck in an office with fluorescent lights and i i feel obviously we're we're both very 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 lucky very fortunate um is maybe a better term than lucky sure uh but we're, we're both very fortunate in that we have a job that that allows us to do that and that the technology is sound at the point that it is yeah that it makes it viable in, in the sense that i can be actually more productive or just as productive baseline than if i were sitting in an office and building somewhere right right yeah i don't know it's yeah, fortunate is a good way to describe it because I feel like the last few days, more than in the past few months, people have been talking to me about working remotely and wanting to find a remote gig. And they're like, how did you do it? And I'm like, I kind of like fell down some stairs and then like landed in the job that I have. Uh, like I missed your Magoot into it or something, you know? But 
I think really like usually what most people say in response to that, like, I don't, I don't know. You must've worked really hard to get to that point. And I think that's, if I don't want to, it feels maybe conceited to say that, but yeah, I worked my, I worked my tail off for a long time to, to get in the position that I am now. And I feel very fortunate to, like you said, go literally anywhere I want and have a boss that trusts that, you know, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And I think that's the coolest thing. So also when thinking about like people, companies that are competing for workers, right? Companies that are competing for talent and stuff like that. When I tell people what I do and how I'm allowed to do it, basically whatever I want, as long as I'm, you know, getting my deadlines and contributing to the company, they're like, sign me up. How do I, you know, are you guys hiring? You know? And unfortunately I have to say no, but to me, that's maybe the most compelling piece of, um, information that I, you know, I could give someone who's like, well, I'm sitting on the beach right now talking to you and my boss is hundred percent cool with that. I think there's there's a really important thing there that can get lost, though, in that, yes, you are sitting on the beach working, but you are still working. And we do we do a lot of work. Everybody at Design Collective is is really always kind of kind of on it um, and, and getting stuff done. Um, yeah. And and it's so important. There is there is really an aspect of personal responsibility there. It's not just like I mean, the classic the classic thing when you say. I work remotely is people say, okay, well, so you just, you just like don't do anything, right? You just, you just screw off all day and, and don't really get anything done. It's like, no, it's, it's exactly the opposite in having, in having this, in having this job, I feel very fortunate to have it. And it makes me want to work harder to make sure that I keep it because it is such a, such a wonderful thing. It is such a wonderful set of set of, of company values, I guess, that enable this and and to to not respect that would be i mean that's how you end up not having that kind of job <laughs> so there there really is there really is a big element there of not just like oh you're so lucky to have that job or but there it's like it's also a lot of work and effort on on everybody's part to make sure you're communicating effectively and and there are it's it's not just easy Right. It's not just all good things. There are there are difficulties that come up. And so I, I think it's important to keep that that kind of perspective in mind that it, it's it is just like everything in life, everything in software development, everything in everything. The, it's it's trade-offs. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah, I'm glad you glad you mentioned that cuz that is a big piece of it. Communication maybe being the hardest thing. Uh communicating correctly and communicating clearly, I think it's maybe the hardest thing, but I don't know, I'm feeling pretty pretty good the last few days. Maybe it's the sunlight that I haven't been getting since I moved to Vermont because I don't go outside because there's ticks and mosquitoes. But uh, I don't know, feeling pretty good. Well, I mean, I guess on that note of working really hard, man, it's been it's been quite the week. Um, I This has definitely been one of those weeks where I, I recognize that maybe I've bit off more than I can chew uh, on a project. So as we discussed last week, we have kind of this this big set of goals for this month um we're doing a full revamp of our boutique pages so this is what customers see when they go shopping on design collective basically what they see uh, how the stores are presented individually uh so it's a complete visual refresh of that as well as adding some some major new features like i mean a blog and and some other other things along those lines uh but in addition to that we're also doing a full we're completing the Nuxtification, the making Design Collective a single-page app that is just backed by an Elixir API. Um, and and basically, we there are some technical reasons that we 
don't it's not that we have to do that but it would there there are some things we want to do for stores that would be it would be silly to implement and then have to re-implement almost immediately again once we make the next switch over yeah so i mean this is something that i've been trying to push for for a long long time over a year, actually, because I started a Nuxtification, like I started the back end and client split when we were still on Rails. I just didn't have the bandwidth to be able to finish it because uh, things are too, things are moving too quickly. So, like for me, it's it's a lot to get done. Like especially in the time frame that we have, the time frame that we quoted uh, to to our people. But yeah, it, it to me it's very satisfying work. It. I don't know. I think I think maybe you have the brunt of it because you're doing a lot of uh, things that users see right now. It feels pretty intense, and you're kind of creating some new things that don't exist right now. So, like you're saying, a blog and a portfolio section and stuff. Uh, whereas I'm just nuxtifying things by converting server rendered pages into view components and API endpoints, and just kind of like having like I'm porting and you're creating. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I, guess, I don't know that it's more that either one is more or less work. It's just I'm kind of at a situation right now where I've basically spent every single day this week not getting nearly as much done that day as I would like to get done, and and I know that I'm gonna I'm gonna continue that, and I know I'm gonna work all weekend, and I know I'm still not gonna be at the point where I wanted to be by the end of the week, starting off next week, which is kind of not an ideal feeling. But sometimes, I mean, that that's just, that's kind of just how it is. And that's, um, I, I guess, really, that's, at the end of the day, that's my fault for saying to myself, I'll be able to do this. <laughs> this, is a, this is a sensible amount of work when really maybe it's not. Um, and that kind of, kind of overly optimistic, I guess. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I also see it kind of like, yeah, I'm working more hours than regular now too. I mean, I guess it helps that Jamie has, like she's doing internship stuff and she also has her homework uh, for school actually. So she's also doing a lot. She's still just as busy as she was in school. So that frees me up some time to put more time into this, but I see it kind of as investing more right now into something that will pay us back and then some down the road, especially once Nux gets off the ground, because the the rate at which we'll be able to change and and move and ebb with Nux is just not comparable to what we have now. And so, I yeah, I can see where that stress might be like is coming from for you because it is a lot of work uh, to do all the stuff that we have to do. But I don't know, I don't, I maybe the stress hasn't hit me yet. I, it reminds me a lot of when. When I asked for two months and then I wasn't really expecting a yes and they're like, let's do it. And then I was like, oh, shoot, I have to do this. I actually have to get this done. Uh, and it did, it was kind of the same for me then. Like I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And then like the last few weeks, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I have to skip A, B and C just to get this done. You know, so maybe it maybe you'll catch up to me. Well, I mean, I am very much looking forward to being on Nux, though. I think that's going to be it, it is going to be just so nice for us it is going to make so many things so much easier and enable us to do these features i mean this is why we're going to nux right is because we know it's going to be better in the long run it's going to make things easier and it's going to make some things not even just easier but feasible that weren't really feasible before um and so it is it is so important that we get this done and i'm i'm extremely excited about it and we're already seeing those benefits like in the pages that we have converted or semi-converted it's 
it's so much easier to iterate on them and, and change them and improve them when, when we have to go back and make those changes versus the ones that are in kind of that limbo state where they're still mostly server rendered, but they maybe have some view components in them and, and editing them is, it's always a much bigger lift. It's just a bigger, bigger task to, to get those things done. And so we, it's very, very clear all the benefits that we're going to get from this. I just hope we can do it in one month. It's already July 7th <laughs> or June 7th. Oh God, it's June 7th. Oh, we can do it. We can do it. We can, we can do it. <laughs> yeah. We can do it. If if I can do it solo, if I can do the whole thing solo in two months, it's not a one-to-one comparison, but I, I'll, I'll remain cautious, cautiously optimistic about it. Um, and I'll, I'll be, I'll be the cheerleader for you and we'll get it, we'll get it done. But either, like either way, even if we have to push back a week, it's not, not going to be the end of the world. If we have to push back two weeks, it's not going to be in the world. We're going to have a better product. We're going to have something that is better than we had for our customers, which is really like what, what it matters at the end of the day. That's what all these features are for is so that the, the customers that we have, uh, can have, a, a better, you know, a better product. So they're able to sell themselves easier to users without having to have money change hands online, if that makes sense. Um, I don't know. I'm feeling good about it. Yeah. I, I think that that's, that's really important, like m- making sure that everything we do is in service of making a better product um, because it can be very easy to get into this sort of situation where you're like, you're stressed about a deadline, even a self-imposed one, but you or, or just you feel for whatever reason that you have to move really quickly, it can be very easy to become, I don't know if sloppy is quite the right word, but I guess sloppy and, and, and not take your time to really polish things and make sure that things are actually an improvement and make sure that things are the best version of what they can be and, and forcing yourself. And the, the, uh, this is kind of why I haven't made much as much progress each day as, as I might like is, is related to that in that, I'm really trying to force myself to make sure that I don't say something is done until it's really, really done and really good and I'm happy with it. And it's it's a nice feeling. It's not necessarily a nice feeling while you're working on it, but it is a great feeling at the end when you ship it and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm really proud of that thing that I did. I think that's I think that's very important. No, it is because it's kind of a shift from what I have been doing just because when I was by myself, it was near impossible to do that. It was just like, oh, we got to get this out because we have to do something else. Something else just broke or we we absolutely need this thing. And uh, it's nice to think about that, slowing down, making sure things are done well, making sure things are done right and for the right reasons, making sure instead of instead of just saying, oh, here's a feature request, we got to get to it. Now we're like, is this even the right feature? Do we need to be doing this feature? Is this Does this ask here actually signify something else needs to change? Because a lot of feature requests, I think, are coming from a misunderstanding of something, which means that designer documentation needs to change, or they're coming from um, they just, that's not how they want it to work. So it's a lot of feature requests come in as chain, like requests for changes kind of not, they're not even real feature requests. Uh, but it feels good to be vetting those finally. Uh, and, and that, I don't know. I just feel like in the end we have a better, uh, product because of that, but I'm just really excited to get to what's, what's funny is that when, when I tell people that we're working really hard on, creating a, a, a spa client or a single page app client. I always have like this weird thought in my head, like I have to defend that move. And maybe that's just because 
I remember when spas first came out, people were like, this is needlessly complicated and like, this is actually not as good. Uh, but that's not the case anymore. And in fact, the opposite is typically the case now for, especially with tools like Noxt and Next and whatever. Um, it's just funny that that thought comes in where I feel like I have to defend it, but I just can't wait to get to that because it's becoming more and more apparent as I go through and port these pages over. They're just better. <laughs> they're just so much nicer to use. Things are faster. Elixir is so fast. API, like especially the API side is so fast. It's insane. It's just a better app and it's becoming more and more apparent to me how good things we will be or how good things will be when we get to, when we get to that split. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny cause there, there really was such a backlash against JavaScript apps and single page apps and whatever you want to, whatever you want to call them. And there, I mean, there still is, obviously there's still segments of the internet that, that, that think that way, but at least with the tech stack we are using, um, every single time something is converted, like you said, it's better it's faster, and it's actually simpler code. The, co- the code is very obvious and very clean and very clear almost every time. Um, it, it just reduces so much so much of the complexity that comes from having your your front end tied to your back end and having having that logic overlapping. Um, just not having that at all is fantastic from from a developer standpoint and it enables us to move faster on features for users. So it's really it's really advantageous for not not just for us but also for for our users which is a very good feeling. Thanks to Twist for sponsoring this episode of Does Not Compute. Twist cuts through the mess and stress of other group chat apps, helping teams keep their communication organized and transparent. It's designed to promote thoughtful asynchronous communication instead of immediate knee-jerk responses and can work wonders for distributed teams. Check out twistapp.com today to learn more about how Twist can help your team communicate. Well, I suppose uh, I should get back to making progress on this stuff. We've only got a month, Sean. I suppose I should go harvest my energy from the sun, the burning star that's we're hovering around. If you subscribe to the belief that the earth is not flat, that is. Uh, the burning the burning rock outside that is every day throwing energy out that's being wasted. And I'm going to go harvest that. It sounds like a plan. <laughs>